Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hello, friend. So, on this podcast, we are going to talk about a different type of chord. So if you've been tracking with us, we've gone over the basic triads. So we've gone over major and minor triads. We've gone over augmented and diminished triads. And then we've even talked about dyads. Um, So if you don't remember what any of those are, I recommend you go back and check out those podcasts. If not, today's podcast does not rely upon you knowing those things. We will refresh what we need to refresh very briefly, and then we will dive in to what we are talking about. So if you do not know those things, do not worry. This will still be applicable. So basically, a triad is when you think of like C major chord or a B minor chord, those are triads. So triads is basically a set of three notes that can be stacked in thirds. Um, In other words, it is a third from the first note to the second note, and then a third again from the second note to the third note. Or put another way, you have a first, which is the note you start with, and then you have not the second, but the third, and then skip the fourth, and have the fifth. So it's a first, third, fifth. And that is what a triad is. Now, based on major or minor, it's either you know a major third or a minor third. And then augmented is a sharpened fifth, and a diminished is a flattened fifth, and also has a minor third. Um, but you don't have to worry about that right now, because we're not diving into that. What we are diving into is sus chords. So... The foundation we need, though, is that first, third, and fifth. That's a traditional triad. So anytime you see something like C major or F sharp minor or B diminished, those are forms of triads. We usually just call them chords, but chords is really just any mix of, you know, at at least two notes. So that's a chord. That's a chord. But this is also a chord. And that has literally double the notes. That has four notes. So um, normally what we think of as chords, your more traditional chords, are triads. Like the C major, F sharp minor, B diminished. But sometimes you see something, if you're looking at chord notation, or you'll just see it elsewhere in music, where you have something like a D sus, or a D sus 2 or a C-sharp sus4, or a B minor suspended. Um, And these are all suspended chords, which is what we're going to dive into today. What suspended chords are, um, what makes them interesting, and then a little bit of ways to think through sort of how to use them, why we actually care. Um, Because music theory, uh, at least for me, is interesting, but um, at the end of the day, if it's not practical... Uh, It doesn't really matter, right? Because we're all on the quest to become better songwriters. 
And if it's not applicable to songwriting, it's not really worth much. So even even some podcasts where I don't necessarily specifically talk about how the music theory, because some of these podcasts are very music theory intensive, right? I obviously cover other songwriting subjects, um, but this is another music theory um, one. But I would not go over these things if I did not think it was important to songwriting or could be important to songwriting. Um, so that's why we go over them. I might not always talk specifically about how it applies to songwriting, but that's because, you know, with, with all of these, there's so many ways they can be used. I just want to open your mind to their existence, and so you understand what they are, and then that sort of opens you up to, like, figuring out different ways to use them, because there are no hard, fast rules, obviously. Um, and at the end of the day, we're all writers, right? We're given creative license. So first, let's look at what they are. These suspended chords, or sus chords for short. So, like major, minor, augmented, and diminished triads, they have three notes. They're not a triad because they're not stacked in thirds, but they do have three notes. So what are suspended chords? Basically, they're chords where we suspend or leave out the third of the chord and replace it usually either with a second or a fourth. Um, so let's take a look at what a C sus four chord would look like. So first we need to get our C triad. A C triad is going to have a C, an E, and a G, right? Stacked in thirds. C, skip over D to the E, skip over F to the G. And we're going to replace the third. So we actually don't care if it's C major or C minor triad. We don't care, because we're going to take that third out anyway. So if we add the F and take out the E, so we have the C, skip over D, skip over E, and then we do have the F, and then the G, that is a C sus 4 chord, because we are... Suspending the third and adding the fourth. So we have the first, fourth, and fifth. And that is a sus four chord. So, on the other hand, what do you think a sus C sus two would be? We're going to use this key of C again because it's the easiest key to talk through. And... I've mentioned this before, but in the podcast, I obviously want you guys to learn keys, but I want it to be uh, watered down enough that the simplest key, the key of no sharps, the key of C, um, is the easiest to understand, um, so that I'm not throwing at you like, you know, an E major chord where it's a E, a G sharp, and a B, and I have to keep explaining to you why it's a G sharp and not a G and all that. Um, so we'll use that again. So C sus 2. Again, we take out that third and replace it with a second. So we have a C, D, skip over E, F, and G. So, something to note here. Some notes. C, C, um, sus4 chords are much more common than sus2 chords. 
Um, so much so that sometimes you'll just see a sus label without the number specified. So you might see something like CSUS. Always assume that to be a CSUS4. So if you see just suspended or sus, like GSUS, C sharp sus, always assume that is a suspended 4 because those are much more common. So why do we care? What, what makes these chords interesting? Let's look back at our CSUS4. So we have a C, an F, and a G. So we still have the first and the fifth from the C triad, right? We're just missing that third. But we still have this. It just has that fourth added. But that F actually makes the chord very interesting. Because now we have the C and the G from the C triad, the first and the fifth, and we have an F. So we have an F and a C, which make up the first and fifth of an F chord. Right? So we have that from the C chord, and then that from an F chord. Or, if you want to see it a different way, the first and fifth from a C chord, and then the first and fifth, F and C. Now this is the C up the octave just to show that fifth, but we have all of those in one chord. So in a sense, our C sus chord, or our C sus 4 chord, is sort of a hybrid between a C chord and an F chord. It's not really committing to either one, right? Because it doesn't, it doesn't have the third to really make it a true C triad, or as we usually look at it, a C chord. Um, it doesn't have that third. It's an open fifth. So it's, it's sort of two dyads that imply two different chords, right? Because a dyad, if, if you, like triad is three notes, Right, so what do you think a dyad is? A dyad is two notes. So we sort of have two fifth triads, or sorry, dyads, of two different chords becoming one chord. And we'll get into what makes that interesting in a little bit, but first let's look at a Csus two chord. So in that case, in the key of C, right, we, d we covered that that has a C, D, and G. So, we still have the C and the G that are the first and the fifth of a C chord. But we have a D and a G and a C. But a G and a D are the first and fifth of a G triad, or a G chord. So, if we go back, we can see that, in a sense, we have our sus4 chords, which are hybrids of whatever the named chord is, so C in our case, because we're calling it C sus4, and then the chord of fourth higher. And sus2 chords are hybrids of the named chord, so C, and a chord of fifth higher. So our C sus4 is a C chord, or two of the three notes of a C chord, and two of the three notes of an F chord. And then our sus2 for the C, 
our C sus2 chord is a C chord, two notes of the C chord, the first and the fifth, and then the first and the fifth of a G chord, which is a fifth higher. So one of the cool things about this is it gives a ton of options melodically. And it also gives some options for interesting chord changes, which we'll get into in a little bit. But uh, for the melodically, if you think about it, when you have a normal triad, right, your strongest melodic notes you have to work with are limited to the three within the triad because it's one true clear chord. You have these three notes to work with. It's pretty clear. Triads are very strongly... Um, um, I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say, but like there it's so linked together that any note so here's here's a C major triad. So that F, right? That doesn't sound that good with that. Or how about an A? It sounds okay, but it really wants to go. How about a, a B? That's kind of a seventh chord now, but doesn't sound super great. And a melody, right? You wouldn't really wanna you wouldn't wanna hang there for too long. Or let's try this. C triad with a D. Again, that sounds like a nice chord, right? But if you were a vocalist trying to sing this with this chord, that's not exactly easy to find. But this locks on. This locks on. All of those lock on, but some of these other ones don't as much. Uh, because they're all still in the same key, it of course can be made to work. But when you have two out of three notes for two different triads, all of a sudden you sort of have six pretty so strong melodic, melodic notes you can play with. Because you essentially have doubled your amount of chords, even though you're really playing one chord. Um, and, and both, because it's just the first and fifth, are very vague. You don't know whether they're minor or major. Um, so there's just so much openness that you can get away with more melodic options. Notice how those overall sound a little better with that than with the regular triad. See that one right there, right? That does not sound as good as... That's because you have the F there, so you have that third from the F to the A. It's, it's a little subtle, right? It's not super apparent, um, but it's it's definitely there. So another thing to note is that a sus four chord is going to have a massive pull to resolve. So a C sus chord, um, and and by resolve we mean go back to being not a suspended chord to be just whatever chord it, it was. So like a C sus four wants to become just a C. So. Right? It just wants to 
Right, you just want me to go to that C. So a sus4 has a massive pull, whereas the C sus2, so sus2s don't have quite as much of a pull. Right, like it, it definitely sounds like a different chord, just like this. But this, you're just hearing, oh, I want it to go there. Whereas this doesn't have quite as much of a pull. It still sounds resolved when you go up there. But this somehow doesn't pull quite as much to want to return. In fact, I actually have a song where the entire song in the right hand, uh, the right hand part, uh, the bass line does some different things, but um, I'm just doing that the whole time, which is a C sus two uh, with pedal, which I can't really reach from where I am. But um, whereas with the C sus four, that would not work. That already sounds awful. That sounds awful. But with the CSUS 2, that works. Right? That sounded a lot better than when I tried to do it with the CSUS 4. So, the two, I guess you could say, is a little less opinionated, has much less pull to resolve, and it, it somehow ends up being even more open and can be used in a lot of different ways. Now, the reason that the sus4 is used more often is partially because it usually is a suspended chord is often used to resolve to um, the chord that it is named after. So an example of... For, for example, a C sus4 often is meant to resolve to a C chord. That's often how it is used. Um, so, let me show you something real fast. Just to give you an idea of how suspended chords can be used. Uh, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about it first. And that's, suspended chords originally come from the idea that you're suspending a note from the previous chord being played in order to um, create more, um, to, to, to sort of give it better flow of like you're maintaining one of the notes from before. So it, it sort of flows into it better. So instead of changing all the notes that you're playing, there's one that actually stays the same. You're suspending it from the last, um, from the last chord being played. And that's really where it originally came from. And it's also often how it's used, especially with the CSUS4. That's why the CSUS4 is so much more common than the CSUS2. Um, and by CSUS2, I mean just in general, SUS4s and SUS2s. Um, again, for the record, we're using CSUS um, as example because key of C is very easy for people to understand. Uh, so that's why we're using that. Um, but this is not exclusive to C. This could be a an F sharp sus chord or a B flat sus chord. So um, just want to re-clarify that. There's nothing special about C, the letter in this. Nothing special about C. 
Uh, it's just the one we happen to choose. The only thing to note here is is the sus two versus sus four, and what those are both for, and some of the some of the things they can bring to the table. Um, so I'm going to show you an example first of a very simple chord progression that will be a C, which this is going to be in the key of C. So C, which is the one chord, and then A minor, which is the six chord, the minor six chord. And then G, which is, of course, the five chord. And first, I'm going to play it without using any suspended chords. I'm just going to play the chords straight up, and it'll be very simple. And it will sound fine. Uh, I'm going to do something super simplistic, though, just so you can uh, hear the difference when I do use the suspended chord instead. So here's the version without the suspended chord. Sounds all right, right? I mean, it sounds incredibly basic, and uh, you usually aren't going to want to play piano like that, which is block chords. But for the most part, right? Like that sounds like, oh, okay, that that, that could be a song, um, or at least the foundation of a song. But what if when we go from that A minor, which has a A C E, we use a G sus four after that? So that instead of all of these notes going down, we actually maintain this C, because a G sus four, first time not using a C sus, so if you think about it, right, G, so a G chord is gonna have G, B, D, right? Because thirds, G, skip over A to B, skip over um, C to D. Uh, but for sus, we're going to have that C for a sus4, because we're suspending that third, the B, and putting in a fourth instead. So that C is also from the A chord. So listen, first I'll play again the original version, and then I will play the suspended version. So you can hear uh, some of the different effects you can sort of go for with a sus4 chord. difference, right? That made it much more interesting all of a sudden because now you have that G, um, G sus4 or G sus that wants to resolve to that G and it sort of made the flow nicer and more pleasant sounding and more interesting from the A to the G. So again, I'll do it again um, with the first version without the sus chord and then we'll use the sus chord used as a uh, sort of how it was originally made to be used um, going from the sus4 to the regular of the chord so a G sus4 to a simple G major chord
isn't that second version just so much better? And and there's definitely times, uh, for sure, to not use suspended chords. There's plenty of times to not use it. I'm not saying you need to use it every time. But it is a great tool to use uh, to make something a little more interesting. There's, there's, there's this almost suspense that's created um, from that suspended chord because you know where it's going to resolve and you just feel the pull and you want it to resolve whereas there there is no tension added by the first chord progression right there's no tension here there's no tension there there's none but there is lots of tension and interest here whoops so much more interesting um, and yes I know I played it slightly differently but that's just because it sounds so much more interesting I just naturally get slightly more into it um, even though that's an incredibly basic part um, so I hope that this gave you some idea of how you can use these suspended chords and how how they uh, sort of give you some some different colorations to work with with the sus4 chord uh, mostly being used to resolve back to um, the regular major or minor chord that it came from. And the sus2 chord really just being um, an interesting way to change it up sometimes. And, 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 and also, to be clear, you can also use a sus2 to resolve to um, uh, the regular major chord as well. So that's the sus2 to the regular C major chord. And then you can throw them all together, right? So regular, C major tread, C sus4, C sus2. So you could almost make a whole interesting song just... chord really but you're just changing what's suspended so C major triad C at sus2 C sus4 and then you can reverse it So, I hope this was helpful to you. If it was, then I highly recommend you go check out my free guide that talks about all the music theory you need. So if you were lost and you thought to yourself, I have no idea what he's talking about. He's talking about major and minor triads and augmented and diminished. And, you know, when I mentioned keys and I said, you know, the one of the key and the six of the key and the five of the key, if any of that confused you, I have a free guide that will teach you all of those concepts that you really need to know um, that just are so impactful to your everyday, day-to-day -day songwriting. 
I, these are the four main concepts that I use whenever I'm writing music. Um, and it's so ingrained into me that I don't understand how people write songs without these four core concepts. Um, and I teach them all to you in a way that, uh, you will be able to memorize them and they should be very helpful to you. And you can go get this again, totally free. Uh, if you just go to songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide, um, it's called Simplify Music Theory, Music Theory for Songwriters, because it's specifically tailored to the things that I think you need to know as songwriters. It's not about getting pretentious knowledge, right? Like I know some stuff like what a French chord is and and Lydian mode and cool stuff like that, which, which you know, some of that can be useful. Um, but for your day-to-day -day songwriting really is not necessary. It is cool. It's cool knowledge. Uh, there's lots of cool music theory out there that's just... You know, if you're a music th theory nerd, it's cool. But this stuff is meant for um, just, like, this is really what is practical that you need to know for music theory. I break it down. I make it as simple as I possibly can. I give you ways to memorize things. Uh, I t explain why things are the way they are. And just as it is a fantastic guide to get you from not knowing any theory to knowing all the theory that you really need to know for songwriting. Um, stuff like we covered today with the sus chords and stuff is, is bonus, right? Like you really don't need to know that. It just makes your song, it just gives you another cool songwriting tool. Uh, but this music theory stuff in this guide uh, will give you the core concepts that you really need to understand, the four core concepts. Uh, so again, you can get it totally free at songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide, all one word, the music theory guide. Um, and also, we have a Facebook group, which is called at facebook.com slash groups slash songwriter theory mastermind. So facebook.com slash groups slash songwriter theory mastermind. Uh, so go there, join us. Um, there aren't too many in the group yet, so there isn't much discussion going, which is, you can think is, oh, that's not good, uh, but you can start the discussion, and that also means that you will be in a group with me and just a couple other people, which means, at least for now, which, which means that you will have great access to me if you want to ask me a question directly, or if you want to let me know, um, a subject that you would like me to cover. Also, if you have a subject that you would like me to cover, feel free to email me, joseph at songwritertheory.com. It's joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H, at songwritertheory.com. Shoot me an email. Let me know what you want to learn about. Uh, people have already done that. I have mentioned them on the podcast, I believe. And I proceeded to make the podcast that they asked for because at the end of the day, I'm here to help you guys. My goal is that um, I can share the knowledge that I've learned so that I can help other people be great songwriters so that there can be more great songwriters because the world needs more great songwriters because if you've listened to pop radio recently, you probably know that the world is lacking in them. <laughs> or at least they're not on radio for the most part. But um, in summary, 
go check out that free guide, Music Theory Guide, songwritertheory.com slash musictheoryguide. I'll have the link in the description. I'll have the link to the Facebook group also in the uh, description. And last thing, again, I've said this before. I'm going to say this many times. I appreciate all the support you guys have given. I appreciate those of you who have emailed me. I appreciate those of you who I see left a five-star review on iTunes. If you have not, I could really use your help uh, so that we we can get more listeners because if you uh, give a five-star review on iTunes, more people will see this podcast, more people will listen to this podcast, there'll be more people to help, there'll be more people uh, to learn this stuff. And that's really what we want. We want to grow our group. We want to grow our community. Um, so if you can, please leave a review on iTunes, uh, preferably five stars. If you feel like you can't give this podcast five stars for some reason, instead of leaving a review and ruining the uh, perfect rating, shoot me an email, joseph at songwritertheory.com. Let me know what I can improve on. Let me know how I can earn those five stars from you because... Um, I don't just want to be told that I'm, you know, I know I'm know I am far from a perfect podcaster. I think I've gotten much better now that it's episode fifty-one than when I was at episode one, uh, and I certainly hope by episode one hundred and one I will be much better than I was today with episode fifty-one. Uh, so I want to keep getting better. Uh, I know I have things to improve on, so feel free to shoot me an email. Tell me what I can improve on. Tell me what you like that I do, what I don't, what you don't like that I do, and uh, I'll be happy to talk to you about that. Uh, so happy songwriting, guys. <laughs> <laughs>